What's up, guys, and welcome to The Struggle Is Over, the podcast. As always, I am so, so excited for you listening in today. I am LaTanya Hines, the author of the book, The Struggle Is Over, Finding Joy After Rape. I have a very special guest with me today, a friend, a colleague, just an amazing woman. Her name is Stephanie M. Jackson. She's a social worker, an educator, and most importantly, a champion for young people who have dealt with trauma. And I'm very excited to share this platform so that she can talk about her story, as well as some healing principles that she uses to find joy in her life. Welcome, Stephanie. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I would love for you to tell us the story behind your adoption. Um, I know there's a lot of listeners out there that struggle with um, adoption, maybe abandonment, or just those uh, feelings behind it. So if you could share your story. Well, it's somewhat of a fascinating story. It, um, I was adopted by my, my biological mother's cousin. And I actually, my biological mother, I didn't meet her until I was 19 years old. I never heard her voice. I never seen her face or anything, but she was doing a, um, she had been sentenced to like 103 years in prison. So I never got a chance to meet her until I was 19 years old. Mm. I met my biological father at 20, but my mom's cousin adopted me um, at a later part of my life. Um, I was going through the foster care system for a very long time because Mm -hmm. my mom, while she was in prison, she refused to sign her rights over because she just knew she was going to get out and, you know, get her family back together, which she has six other children as well. And of course, we were all separated at Uh, when we were younger. So I never got a chance to meet them into my teenage years. Mm. But um, I ended up getting adopted by her cousin, um, which her and her husband, my mom Estelle and my dad Roy, they were both alcoholics. Mm. Um, So I dealt with that trauma um, at a very young age, um, being the youngest of their three biological children. And it was difficult because my adopted mother, she was vicious. I mean, when she would drink... um, I was everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, I would often hear words like or, or phrases like, you know, you're going to be just like your mama or mm-hmm. you're going to be, you know, uh, you're not going to amount to anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was very difficult um, in my young years, years growing up. So, of course, I turned to things in the street, gang activity, drugs, uh, not using drugs, but uh, selling drugs. Um, their youngest son, we're mm-hmm. like 10 years apart. Uh, My brother, George, he's finishing up a 15-year bid now. He's in prison now. He'll be out next year, I believe. But um, he was a a heavy drug user. Crack cocaine was his Mm. drug of choice. So I would watch him smoke drugs. or He never hurt me or anything like that, but he was the babysitter. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, yeah, but it was tough. It was tough. I can imagine. I mean, if you have, you know, your parents are... You know, right now, right then, battling with alcoholism, and then your, like you said, your brother, who was ultimately your caregiver too, you know, battling um, drug addiction. How did that, though, that part of your childhood? How has it affected your adulthood now? It affects me now in so many ways. That's what drove me into the field that I'm in now, um, in the social work field. And mm-hmm. I've been doing this work now for a little over 24, 25 years, mm-hmm. uh, from education to um, um, I know in different areas, of, in different parts of the country, it's called DCF here, though. It's Department of Children's and Families. And working with moms and, and children and families. Um, but it has affected me in so many ways because I never thought 
when I was younger that I needed help. I yeah. never, I never thought I was like I can, I can figure this out on my own. Mm-hmm. I can, I, I'll be okay. I can do this on my own. So I never seek therapy or anything like that mm-hmm. um, until I became a young adult, where I saw that everything that I was touching had a little bit of my young years of not being able to trust. Yes. Um, or just my outburst um, because I was carrying that childhood into my adulthood and mm-hmm. I didn't realize it until I got older. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, I'm like, why am I doing that? Mm-hmm. Why am I crying for no reason? Mm-hmm. Why am I going off on the wrong people for no reason? Um, and I couldn't understand it. Um, but I do now. I know that if you don't fix the childhood until you fix the little girl, that's when the woman shows up. Yeah. And I had to and it's, it And it's not even only the little girl for you because that's when your trauma happened, mm-hmm. right? But my particular trauma was I was a young adult. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you the same same thing in my mind. I don't mm-hmm. need therapy. I don't want to go to therapy. I can mm-hmm. kind of handle this. And then you, you realize all these trust issues and all these different things that you have in your life still. Mm-hmm. Trust issues with me, you know, mm-hmm. building relationships and things like that. So um, that's incredible. How is your relationship with your mom now? Which one? Your, I'm sorry, your mom that raised you, Estelle. Yeah, because I do consider Estelle as my mom because she's the only mom that I've known. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because people ask me that all the time because I'm now like my mom's caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I do everything for my mom. And this is your adopted mom, just for those that's yes. listening, making sure um, that... Yes, that is my adopted mom. Um but I do everything for her now. And people ask me all the time, like, why are you so forgiving? You know, all of these things that she did to you and all of those. I was like, well, it wasn't her. It was the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, because when she wasn't on the alcohol, she was fine. Mm-hmm. But the drug, and I, I consider alcohol as a drug. Um, but it's funny that you ask because there was a, a movie uh, that came out. I can't remember. It was by Mel Gibson, but it's... Um, it's the passion of the Christ. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't seen that. I've seen uh, it. Yeah, go, go check it out. Mm-hmm. But it was because I had a very difficult time forgiving my biological mother. Mm. Um, because I was like, you know, if it was not for you, I would not be this. I wouldn't be that. I wouldn't be going through these things. But there's a scene in that movie where Jesus is um, on the cross and Mary goes to his feet. Mm. And she kisses his feet while he's on the cross. And he looks down at her um, while she's pleading, like, you know, I'll take your place. You know, you're my son. I love you. And he says to her, he says, mother, take care of thy son. Son, take care of thy mother. Mm. And at that very moment, it clicked. I was like, wow. So Amy was the same as Mary. She was just a vessel used for me to come through. Mm. And once she made the decision to go ahead and go through with the birth. Because remind you, my mom was in prison for some heinous crimes. But even when she learned that I was growing in her womb, she could have easily went down to the clinic and said, hey, you she know, could've. she could have, yes. but she didn't. So at that very moment, I then knew that she knew God too. Mm. So for her, I'm going to well up. Wow. To make the decision or make the choice mm. to follow God's order. So that I can become the woman that I am. That's when I was able to forgive her. Wow. Yeah, you know, I think about, as I'm thinking about your story right now, you not only had to forgive your birth mother, Amy, but then your mom, Estelle, who raised you when she was going through the alcoholism, you had to forgive her for that as well. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to hear, how do you build trust with others, people that love you or people that you love? And for me, it's not even about trusting them, it's trusting him. Mm. Because I know now 
that everything that I do was already written in my story. Yes. So I am the one that was chosen to be adopted. I'm the one that was chosen to do these things and to go through these things so that he gets the reward when I choose to not use drugs because I've never used drugs, mm. even though I had a brother that smoked crack cocaine. Yes. I don't drink alcohol because I watch my mom then go through that whole spiel of alcoholism. And I've never been to prison, even though my mother served 16 years in prison. I've never been. So I tell young people now and anybody all the time, finding your joy is finding your purpose. When you find your purpose yes. and figure out what it is that you're supposed to be doing, because I look at it now as we're sitting here talking today, we have a person that is probably still laying in their bed because they didn't wake up last night. Or you have somebody that's in an abandoned building that's not here. So that means that God still has work for you. So you have to find that joy and the purpose to know that even though it might not look good now, the next second mm. it can turn around. Yes. It can turn around. Yes, absolutely. Um, so that's where I find my joy, just the second day after day after day. And, and yes, probably many are probably asking, do I have a therapist? I do. I've had the same therapist for 16 years. Um, even though I'm a, a social worker, um, it's okay uh, to know that it's not okay. Something is not okay. And it's okay to go talk to someone that is biased. All the time, family mean well, but it's you need tools. Mm -hmm. um, family talk you through it, but what do I do when I get in this darkest moment or when I get in this darkest hour? What tools do I need to use? And that's what the therapist can do. Mm -hmm. Therapists and counselors can do that. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I believe every word that you said about that. That definitely uh, was powerful. And talking about your purpose, you find your joy in your purpose. That is amazing. I know that there is somebody listening today that's really going to benefit from your story. Just just that little snippet that you shared. And I know your story goes so much deeper, right? Oh, yeah. And, um, but that what you shared is so powerful. And that, that forgiveness, mm -hmm. I mean, that forgiveness had to be a huge weight off your shoulder and Mm. God, I, I just don't even, I can't even imagine because I do have a close relationship with my mom. And I know you have one with your mom mm -hmm. as well. And all that you've gone through to get to that point of now caring for her, loving her immensely, uh, will probably go to the death for her. Mm -hmm. um, but all that you went through to get to that point. And that just reiterates that there is joy on the other side. When I always say, people look at the title of my book, Finding Joy After Rape, but I always say it, take that word rape out because it's finding joy after whatever, whatever mm -hmm. your thing is, you mm -hmm. can still find joy in that and still move on. I'm so proud of you and I just appreciate you sharing your story for our listeners to, to hear and to hopefully help even that one. I say even helps just one person. Oh, yeah. Wow, guys, I know you are just as touched and moved by Stephanie's story as I am every time I hear her share her powerful testimony and her perseverance through adoption and abandonment and forgiveness and trust and family concerns around alcoholism and drug addiction. Just powerful. She definitely shows that there is joy and remember the struggle is over. And even if it's not, even if you're still struggling through being adopted, trust issues, forgiveness, whatever that trauma is, the struggle is over. Let's be intentional about our joy. God bless you.